Alright. So, Tony, how are you doing, man? Good, Ted. Um, just spent too much money on beer. I heard about like that. I, like I know, like I know you just did as well. So yeah, it's um, it's a little too tempting. We had we were in a in a chat with somebody and they were talking about smoothie sours and Tony and I both went to the beer store after hearing him talk about his like what did he say like sour gummy stuff like that. Oh my yeah. gosh, bro, it was sour gummy beer. It was nuts. What did you end up getting? Uh, the brand's Mortalis. Our buddy Half was saying those are like the most expensive that he's um, that he's had, but that they were the best he's had. So <clears throat> I uh, the cans are absolutely gas. Yeah, no, you guys aren't gonna be able to see it. Oh, maybe you will. I can see the fire breathing in there, bro. It's like a three-headed dragon, and all the flames are a different color. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was at the store, and I found I don't know if there's anyone who's Midwestern, but I found Toppling Goliath, like a specialty beer. Oh my gosh, I snapped that bad boy up. I should have gotten like eight of them, but I only got one. Um, but I'm very excited to drink it. I'm probably not going to drink it tonight, but I will drink it probably within the next few weeks. So how have uh, you been trading lately, man? Um, I've been trading all right. I've, my trading's been real spotty um, with... Ever since really like Thanksgiving, from Thanksgiving yeah. till now, um, normally I trade every day, and um, you know there's been some days where I'm not trading at all. I've been, you know, whether it was over holidays or just taking some time off. Um, I didn't trade at all yesterday. Today I traded spy twice. Um, one the first trade I took and then the second one um, unfortunately I had to sell for a little bit of a loss but uh um, I also I don't know if I mentioned this last time had added some Amazon uh, to a long-term account so I did that um, oh yeah I've been, Amazon. I've been watching yeah I've been watching Ford um, last week that was my setup to watch for this week um we got a really nice jump uh from last week to the beginning of this week about mm, almost 60 cents um as it bounced out of that demand zone that we were we were talking about last week um so i was watching ford i i didn't take any but um i was watching to see what happened um how about you i know you said today you something about you had traded a small cap yeah um well, actually, let me go figure out which one it was. Um, I traded today. Sorry, I'm looking at something. And also, normally my camera is over here, uh, but it has to be over here because of some wire issues I'm having. So it's going to be over here for now, but I'm not like looking away from you guys. I can still see you over here. Um, I traded Neptune Wellness, which is N-E-P-T. Um, so I think... What did I trade it at? I think I bought it at like 48 cents, 47 cents, and then sold it like 52 cents. Um, but I'm excited. I think, uh, you know, I don't usually get a lot of, of small cap gappers that I get to trade successfully for the most part. So the fact that I got a good trade out of it was was pretty sweet. I got like, yeah, like 8% out of it, I think. And then later that day, I'm looking right at my, um, my call or trade log. I traded spy calls on a vol low volume pullback, um, 
And then I traded SPY short on another low volume pullback, uh, both of them to the nine EMA. And uh, nine EMA is kind of Tony and I's big thing. So I traded that and made money both times. Um, one of them, I was I was trading it and I, I took like 6% or 7% on, on gains. And then I set a stop loss at even. Um, and I saw it go all the way up to plus 24%. And then I didn't sell because I was like, oh, I'm just going to try to ride this last little bit out. And then it went all the way back down to even and, and cashed me out. So that kind of sucked. But, um, you know, it was okay. I was uh, I was happy with what I got. The, the FOMC <clears throat> trade you took, you said? Yeah, it was the FOMC. It's always, there. It's always tough. Yeah, exactly. We're going to talk about the ABC here um, yeah. in a little bit. But we also, uh, I also took a GHSI swing. I took, uh, I think it was like 14.1425. I bought into that just because of the, um, like the demand zone it's in. And we're going to talk more about that later. I'm going to pull up the chart and stuff. But um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, I know that uh, we also recorded the videos for the aftermarket this week. So I'm excited about that, man. We got all the syllabus videos done. Um, and you guys probably don't even know what we're talking about right now because we haven't really let a whole lot out. But we got all of the videos for basically like what to expect out of the classes done. Um, and then we're going to move into, you know, doing the actual first lessons of each of the videos later this week and stuff. Um, website is almost built. We uh, got the first draft back. Um, Tony and I love it. We think it looks amazing. So now it's just the wrinkles that we're, we're getting figured out. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is um, I know we were talking to some of our friends before we got on a little bit ago. And the biggest thing for us is, and I know I've said it before, but like we want to make sure that not only the website but the discord and the whole experience is extremely professional and um i know we both saw the website when like it's not finished yet but we saw kind of you know what it's going to look like and it does look really good and i know that was a big thing and we're going to make the discord you know we have been working on the discord we want to make it as, as simplistic as possible easy to navigate but you know packed with information um i know we're both really happy with the logo if you guys um haven't followed the aftermarket on twitter um you know maybe go do that we would really appreciate it but we're really happy with the logo that we got made um i know i contacted somebody today about getting some more branding done um and we just you know we want to make it quality and um we are open to you know advice or if somebody you know has you know if we're putting content out and people are catering more towards one specific thing than the other we you know we want to hear feedback so um we want to make this as easy as possible for everybody but we also want to make sure that you know it's it's you know quality yeah um i think the biggest thing for tony and i is going to be is is like when we get we get started we have like a very clear plan of what it's going to be um but along the way we're willing to like you know say fuck it and, and do something different here or do something here different you know if you guys want classes this many times a week instead of this many times or you want like this this sort of a, a catering in one of the the classes then that's what we want to do we want to do what you guys are going to get uh, the most out of and I think that's probably going to be our biggest strength is just adapting to whatever we're we're given um, 
But for the most part, I think it's going to be uh, mostly just a lot of learning that people, you know, haven't even expected. I think um, the lack of education on Fintwit has been like alarming for a while now. Um, people think that like one little post is like education, like one picture or something. Um, and I think the things that we're going to be putting down are going to be pretty, pretty different. And people are going to be um, kind of feeling like they've missed out for a while. But, you know, we're going to see. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe people are going to be uh, not as not as interested in it as we think. But um, I'm really excited. And I think the website will get some... Uh, We'll get some links out to our discords and stuff to just check it out once we get like another uh, draft through or once we get a few changes made to it, but it'll be, it'll be good. Um, Tony, you know Warren Buffett, correct? Never heard of him. No, dude, me neither, dude. I don't even know who this guy is. Um, no, but I think, do you think he's probably like the most well-known investor of all time? Uh, he has to be, right? Him or... I mean... I mean, Kathy Ark is pretty big, but that's been recently. That's not like longevity wise, but I would say Buffett might be the guy. Like if when you think yeah, stocks, I mean, you think Buffett. I think he's the most well-known name now. I think there's probably some people that know the name, but don't know really what, like what he became popularized from. They just think he's some rich guy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he, ha he he would have to be, I think. I was uh, at a family event years ago, and one of my aunts asked me, uh, you know, something about, like, what are you going to do when you grow up, blah, 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 and I had no idea. I said business or some, some crap like that, um, and she said, oh, so you know Warren Buffet, and I said, um, I'm, like, 14, and I know damn well that, that guy is not named Warren Buffet, and... Warren Buffet. Um, no, she was convinced, and she was a 50-year-old woman or 45-year-old woman or something along those lines at that point. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Warren's, uh, like, his upbringing and stuff. I think it's just a really cool story. Um, so I'm going to go over a few key points and stuff of, uh, of his, his upbringing and then kind of how he became famous. Um, I kind of actually put something together. I went in and did a little research and stuff, so I'm going to read it off to you guys, but... Um, First off, you know, Warren Buffett, he's obviously one of the richest uh, investors that we've ever seen. I believe his net worth a, a year or two ago was $80 billion. Uh, he was the seventh richest man globally. Obviously, that's changed now. But um, he was investing at 11 years of age. I don't know what I was doing at 11. Probably like looking up like skinny bikini on Google or something. Or <laughs> Does it say what he invested in? um let me see no it says it just says businesses um but it was <laughs> it was just crazy to see that he was investing at age 11 um and then he he kind of just went along his life he he had a few businesses along the the way to to graduating high school um he graduated high school and then he proceeded to think maybe uh, economics might be his in finances might be his path so he goes and he he wants to go to Harvard, uh, and I think everyone's heard this story, but um, he got completely rejected from Harvard, which is, which is, I feel like there's a lot of people who have just been completely shut down by either Harvard or uh, one of those big Yales, you know, that sort of stuff, and then, then they end up being like a big, big name uh, in the world, but during this time, he had, he had sold a business already. That's crazy to me. He had sold a business already for like a thousand and two hundred dollars uh, at age, you know, as a teenager. 
before he was even 20 years of age. Yeah, I wonder how much that is because that was back in like 1950. He sold a business for $1,000 as a teenager. Um, You know, and then it says that his father insisted that he finished his education and went and got a higher education. Um, So he got his business degree. And then this is where he met Benjamin Graham. I don't know if you guys know who Benjamin Graham is. He's one of my favorite investors of all time. Uh, I have a screener that's about Benjamin Graham. It's basically just value investing. Uh, so looking at stuff with low PE ratio, high cash on hand, you know, high uh, high sales and stuff like that. But he tried to get a job with Benjamin Graham, and Benjamin Graham turned him down. Turned him down. That's another just big rejection in Warren Buffett's life. I just think all these these like failures, um, absolutely crazy. So he turns him down. And then eventually he comes back around full circle, gets a job with Benjamin Graham and learns how to value invest with Benjamin Graham. But uh, all of this time, he, he's basically, you know, not doing any sort of investing or any sort of uh, like major investments during this time. He's just kind of trying to get his feet under him. Um, but then once he gets with Graham and he starts to kind of just see what Graham is all about, he uh, he just takes off. He, he looks towards buying these value companies um he buys a a dying i think it's a textile factory which is berkshire hathaway and then look at berkshire hathaway now it's just a complete it's just you're investing in warren buffett now but back then it was a dying textile mill um and obviously we uh we know what it's what it's come to now but uh, did he purchase that ted um i'm not sure say the say the year i'm not sure uh i know it says in uh, in 1985, Buffett shut down the textile business, but kept the name. So I think that's when he turned to just like people wanting to buy it because he was investing with it. Yeah. Um, but here's the deal. Also, he met Charlie Hunger when he was 30 years of age, and Buffett was already a millionaire at 30 years of age. He was a millionaire, and that's in 1960. That's in 1960. Yeah, that, the conversion rate from. That's 60 years ago, so that's probably... That's got to be something crazy, man. Um, and there's there's a lot of speculation to how Buffett made that uh, million dollars, the first million. Uh, but he, he likes to, to say it's a lot due to intrinsic value. So finding, um, you know, value of underlying assets, uh, you know, finding discounted stocks, buying them in the in the dirty times, buying them in the scary times. And uh, riding them out into the great times, which I think that's going to be um, something that I do a lot of moving forward. I know Tony's just just bought Amazon, so I feel like you might be uh, making a Buffett sort of move because I think that's intrinsic value right now, and I think that's just a value play right now. But uh, I just wanted to give you guys kind of a cool little story about Buffett because I just thought it was absolutely nuts that he got rejected two or three times on his come up um, after being successful. So he was successful. And then people still rejected him after his success. And then he basically gave him all the middle finger and became the most successful investor of all time. I think it's, I just think it's crazy that, um, like you were saying, he probably used, I mean, getting rejected from something like Harvard or something. And then just, you know, using that as motivation instead of, you know, feeling sorry for himself or whatever the case may be. Um, and then to be a millionaire in 1960, I don't even want to know what that amount of money is now, but let's find out. Let's find out. Yeah. He 
you just one gotta have that dollars. never give up mentality. We're finding out exactly what this is. That is equivalent be... to ten billion or ten million dollars. Yeah. So ten That's times. Crazy. He was yeah, he had ten million dollars at age thirty. That's that's a pretty successful life if I've ever heard of one. Um, but yeah, we're gonna do. I'm gonna do a book review on the intelligent investor in the aftermarket, and that's Benjamin Graham himself wrote that, and that's also uh, one of one of Buffett's biggest kind of. He attributes that mentality to him being where he is today. Um, maybe we'll talk more about some some people going forward. Maybe like once every you know couple podcasts, we'll talk about somebody. There's some people we can talk about. We could bring up Sam Bankman Fried and give a little a little life preview over him. Cause that oh, dude is, that dude's in the limelight right now. Um, I don't even know what to say about him, Tony. How do you feel about uh, the government, like saying Sam Bankman Fried? They were talking about pandemic with him. They brought him in for a meeting, and then they said, "Oh yeah, we were talking about the pandemic." Do they think yeah, we're stupid? Obviously, bro? that's obviously not true. But I saw that he posted bail. It was like so many hundreds of millions of dollars or something ridiculous. Um, but I don't know. I don't think, I, I don't think there's any way he, he gets off. There better not um, be, bro. He deserves to literally get a wooden stick up his butt. I just want to know, I just want to know what, like, all those celebrities and all those people that were endorsing that, um, I just want to know, like, if any of them, Tom Brady, I just, yeah, I just don't know if any of them actually knew, like, okay, this is, you know, who this is who we're dealing with, he's obviously shady and doesn't do things out of people's best interest, or if he, like, presented himself as this, you know, savvy businessman that, you know, actually, you know, was, you know, cared about his, the people that invested in his, you know, coin or I don't know. I just think the whole thing's a fucking disaster because it also makes people that, you know, backed it, such as like Brady and others, look bad. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just a, it's just a cluster to begin with. It's gotta have to do like something with just like riding the ship until you go down. Like I think of like when I was um, like younger, and I would I had a few like you know adventure business ventures. I don't know why I just said adventure. <laughs> a <Jesus> few adventures. <laughs> business adventures, man. No, I had a few like business advent. Fuck, I just almost did it again. But another business adventure. Another business adventure. But I had a few like little things I did, and like obviously I was so like young and inexperienced that they just completely collapsed. Um, but I rode them into the ground because I just didn't want to see the failure, and I didn't want to have to basically just like quit it. Um, yeah. And I think that might have something to do with it. Like he, him basically probably ended up, you know, figuring it out in the past or the last six, eight months of the company's life. But um, I know he's going to fight to death and that he did not know a single thing about it. But I think he probably had a decent idea of what was going on. Um, and he's definitely going to gonna get the, uh, the shebang, I believe. Um, if he doesn't, then it's all politics. Um, and this, this country is all politics, so there's a hot chance he doesn't get a single bit of anything. Um, yeah. <sighs> we saw FOMC today. Uh, did you uh, have any, you know, strike takeaways from the, the, the movement that we saw after FOMC? Uh, 
Well, I know we were watching it together, and we both kind of agreed the the move wasn't as drastic as you know we've seen. Um, essentially, right when um, FOMC started, we got the initial pop, um, and then we got a big time drop and bounced out of demand. And we literally bounced from demand to supply, back down to demand, and then ended the day right in supply in this really tight range. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing that I pulled from it, I didn't trade it, I know you traded it, um, was that technicals held up rather well um, on a yeah. bunch of different time frames. You know, we had a tweezer on the 10 minute that played out pretty significantly. Excuse me. Um, I've got the chart now. Uh, where did my chart just go? Um, uh oh. I can talk for a minute while you figure that oh, out. I found it. I found it. Okay. Cool. Um, so the the tweezer that played out was significant, <clears throat> and then immediately we rejected. Um, and start bouncing off the 10 and 5 minute 200s. Um, and we did get another tweezer then um, into close. And that played out from demand and bounced all the way into supply. We rejected the 5 minute 50 um, and then closed the day right near supply. So um, I think the most important thing to, to pull from, you know, these FOMC days are yes they're extremely volatile but a lot of the times um you know technicals do hold up so um i wanted to get your input on uh the trade you took um because i know we were in discord together when when you took that yeah um, let me get over to my scalp chart then um so Today, uh, obviously, let me. I'm gonna make a few changes here so it's easier to see. Uh, I'll move these off for now. So um, today, obviously, the the ABC move did did occur a little bit, and I'll write that in for you guys because um, sometimes it's tough to see if you don't know exactly what we're talking about. So the ABC move um, is usually an economic event sort of move that Tony and I have talked about in the past, where there's an A move, uh, which is essentially fake and then there is a second move which is essentially a little bit of a fake out uh, and then the c move is usually more real um, and i don't know if today would be considered you know more real or not considering it was only two candles on the five minute before i started to pull back um, but then we never did see the highs that we saw before fomc again all day so maybe um, the third the third move was real the c move but uh i traded personally get this nine up i traded this 9 ema tap right here i added right on the 9 ema and then i sold on the next candle i believe when it was all the way down in this red which was probably about um less than a point so probably you know 0.8 of a point um of a move but i was on one dt puts and so i made um right about seven percent and then i ended up seeing 25 percent on that probably just due to the volatility um, but then I ended up stopping out the other half at even um, the one thing I wish I really would have done was short at this peak here I was watching this and I really really actually liked it too um, because I had a zone from 
right about here. Uh, I had a zone drawn in on my chart that was essentially this. It was this zone here. Um, let me get these ABCs out of here. We'll just drag those over there. Um, I had a zone that was right here and I really wanted to go short here, but I just I just didn't feel comfortable um, wagering any of the the uh, profits that I'd had from the day. And um, I wish you know I could have taken some on this probably second red candle here after I saw this second red candle close. I really wish I would have went short, um, but I was also seeing it bounce off the nine here. That was my other issue. I kept seeing it touch the nine and then um, you know bounce right up. So I wanted to avoid it at all costs after I saw those two bounces. But looking back, it would have made quite the trade and would have made me um, probably hit the threshold of uh, a good day to a great day. Um, is there anything on this chart that you want to talk about, Tony? This five minute from today before we move on. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about how consistently those tweezers played out. We have one, two, three, four, um, and all four of those tweezers essentially went zone to zone. Yep. Um, and, and I guess that kind of just goes back to my point where, yes, it's very volatile. And looking back, obviously hindsight's always twenty twenty, but um, technicals do tend to hold up even in times of extremely high volatility um it also helps if you're looking at a higher time frame so something like a 10 minute 30 minute um a five minute sometimes during you know an event like fomc can you know fake you out um but you can see if you know what a tweezer formation is you can see how consistently and how many played out and literally went zone to zone um so yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is don't just completely disregard technicals and go chasing something or, you know, blindly buying into something. I, I still think you can trade technically even when something like uh, FOMC is going on. Yeah, I uh, I think it's worth kind of going to this hourly here. Um, there was quite the little trend going. Let me remove my extended hours. Uh, there is quite the little trend line here on the hourly, which I've been pretty interested in. Um, I've been watching this every single day the past few days. Uh, we saw this bottom on the 22nd. We saw this bottom on the 28th. And we saw this bottom, which was yesterday. Uh, and this has been kind of my, my game plan for this trend is to go long on the bottom side. But we're seeing the same sort of trend on this top side. Uh, and I've been looking to go short on this top side as well. I didn't get it today, um, but this is a pretty pretty strong channel that we're seeing on this hourly. Uh, I mentioned it to everyone in my Discord about how strong this is, and to watch you know the the longs at the bottom, the shorts at the top. But moving forward, I mean, whatever we see next, I'm probably going to end up taking it short or long, whichever side it is. Uh, we've been in this daily zone for for quite a while here. Let me look at the daily as well. Yeah, we've been in this daily chop zone since the 16th of December, uh, just this this area, which is essentially 387 at the highest and 374, 375 at the lowest. So it's not a huge range. What is that? Uh, 13 points, 13 point range for three weeks. Um, it's It's not something that you can, you know, feel great about breakout trading on. You want to trade those zones. So if you're a spy trader, I would recommend watching these two levels and also watching that uh, that daily kind of range and, and sticking to that. How are you feeling? Awesome. Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, the only other thing I wanted to mention was 
I know we talk about it all the time on here, but paying paying attention to something like the weekly, um, the rejection earlier in the week, we had a really, you know, pretty perfect rejection off the weekly nine EMA. Um, it's so so important if you, like your prep the night before or morning of to pay attention to and go in and mark on your charts where those weekly levels are, um, because you want to know where those are at at all times. Um, you know, if something's approaching. Uh, the weekly, something like the weekly nine, like we did at the beginning of this week, or on Tuesday, rather, yesterday, I guess, um, and you see something approaching at, there's a very high probability that you see a rejection um, off a such a higher time frame EMA or moving average like that. So you really, really, really want to pay attention to where those are located. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this weekly is actually crazy interesting. How are you interpreting these these wicks on the bottom side? I know this week isn't isn't closed yet, but those other two wicks, how do you feel about those? Well, that's three weeks in a row that buyers have soaked this up, depending on where this ends this week. So, you know, this could be setting up for a pretty aggressive move. Um, we do have a crazy <clears throat> upper wick from the 12th of December, um, which, you know, that zone would be... 20 points which is way too big of a zone um but you know if depending on where this weekly closes um you know buyers are really soaking this up so um we still have two days left for this week and you know it's always extremely beneficial to check um where our weekly candles close so yeah um, as of as of now it, it, it does look um you know pretty good depending on where this closes <clears throat> I think the most interesting part for me here is the decreasing volume alongside the uh, the wicks. I know that we had short weeks, so and we're gonna have another probably lower volume week this this week. But for the most part, like I didn't expect low volume weeks to end up such chop candles. I thought it would end up being a bit more you know decisive, red or green, one way or the other. But obviously, we didn't see that. Um, yeah, we have a pretty neutral. Well, we have a pretty neutral um, wedge. If you look at the daily, it's it's rather neutral. Um, Let me check it out. There's a big volume gap on the daily as well. Yeah. It's like three nine four five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I see it. I see. Uh, Just kind of consolidating in there. I see like a lot of room up if this thing really wants to go to like yeah like three nine four three nine five ish. A lot of room up. Also, you know the downside. There's quite a bit of volume in that area. There's also, yeah. I mean, the other thing we got to talk about about this weekly, man, is if we uh, if we were to bounce here, this would be the first higher low of this bear market. Like, there has not been a higher low all bear market. Um, and what I mean by bounce is I mean like a sustained two, three candle bounce because we've seen, you know, a low here, a low here, a low here, a low here, a low here with no... Um, higher lows with more than one candle because obviously there was a large candle here that was green um, but that did not count as a higher low because it didn't end up sustaining if we see a sustained move here we're talking possible reversal at that point um, I'm not sure about you but I really was not thinking reversal I was really not uh, expecting it out of the flip to 2023 I thought 2022 to 2023 was going to end up being um, the time where we saw a lot of selling but this doesn't look half bad for for longs potentially. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I I 
I think it just comes back to where does this weekly candle close? If we, you know, continue working our way up and close above something like the nine or twenty on the weekly, um, then it looks really good. If we close outside of that that little wedge we have um, on the daily, um, it just depends. I mean, the last how many times? Three times we've interacted with the weekly fifty, we've seen pretty big rejections. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. I don't know. I think it's pretty dependent on where we end the week. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna pull up the. Uh, there's a special. There's a special something. A little secret sauce. A little uh, razzle dazzle that I like. Special to. something. A little special something here uh, on this daily for spy. I. Is uh, it a uh, mortalis hydra? Here? <laughs> I wish. I'll probably be over after this to grab one from you. Okay. I'll I'll, be here. I'll sprint there. I'll probably be there next Tuesday. Um, but here's the uh, the thing I was talking about. So this 20 and 50, I'm really big on the 20 and 50 MA crosses when it comes to... Oh, I see that. Yeah, man, I'm super big on these. Uh, I have a full screener on my FinViz for this. You guys, if you guys go to FinViz, you can put, you know, 50 crossing 20, and then you can have a full set of stocks where this is happening for... Um, but I'm drawing these circles in because I want you guys to see this. The last three times, well, let's see if there's one more. There is one more. The last three times that the 20 EMA, not EMA, MA, sorry. So the red one, the red, sorry, the blue one, bro. I'm, I'm fucking chopping this one up bad. I'm the colorblind one. Jeez, bro. The, uh, so the last three times that the, the blue line has crossed below the red line, so the 20 MA has crossed below the 50 MA, we've seen a new low on the market. Um, here it crossed, and there ended up being 435 all the way to 410. Here it crossed, and the price was 412, and we ended up seeing 360. Uh, here it crossed with the price of 395 and we ended up seeing 348 and we just got that cross uh, on Tuesday nope Friday Tuesday or Friday uh, depending on how you interpret this and right now we're at the price of 384 so that puts us in line for new low if you know if this ends up being a trend that continues Um, for now I feel personally like that's pretty strong um, but that weekly close, like we've been talking about, is going to be absolutely massive um, because we're in the risk area of an inverse head and shoulders as well. I saw Andrew Andrew Hubbard said, does it look like an inverse head and shoulders on the daily? Um, and it kind of does. I mean, there's definitely a shoulder here, a head here, and a shoulder here. The, the neckline's a bit out of whack, but um, for now, we have bullish and bearish. So for me, it feels very, very choppy. It feels like uh, something I'm not interested in, you know, consistently and feeling like I should be short for days on end when this is the setup. I feel like I'm going to have to kind of just play day by day and then, you know, at the nighttime do my uh, my analysis and figure it out. Yeah, the, the, something else I've noticed, like looking at a bunch of these charts is like everything just looks, you know, extremely exhausted, like the, you know, decreasing volume. Um you know, things continuously making new 52-week lows. Um, I do think, you know, if we do make new lows, I don't know how much lower we're going to get. Something, like, if you look at something like Amazon, it just looks so unbelievably exhausted. 
Um, I do think this is a potential time for, you know, to start adding some long-term stuff that you, you know, are in favor of. Um, I don't think, you know, if you plan on adding something three or four times over the course of, you know, however long, um, you know, I think this may be a good time to start doing so. Um, that's just my personal opinion, but yeah, um, I'm on the same boat as you. Uh, we're about to talk about some time frame stuff, but first I want to say thanks to everyone for, for tuning in. Um, drop a like on the video, you know, subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. We do this every single week, uh, and we appreciate every single one of you guys who tune in live. It makes it more fun for us to kind of be able to interact with you guys. Um, so thank you. Um, we did promise some talk about time frames. Uh, and I know that, that we'll have a full lesson on this when we do the aftermarket classes, but time frames are very important. So I know Tony has a, has a strong opinion. Tony, what, are, what time frames do you use for the most part when it comes to your scalping? Um, you know, if you're looking at something during the day, what are you, what are you typically looking at time frame wise? And are you flipping between multiple? What's the, what's the plan that you usually follow? Yeah, so scalping wise, essentially what I do every night or during pre-market is I'll set my zones for the day um, and I'll set those on a higher time frame so like the 30 minute hourly four hour and um, I'm taking all my trades on either the five or ten minute or some combination of both so like on one of my monitors if I'm looking at spy I always have the five ten and thirty minute up um, 30 minute because I like to, to look for you know where those 30 minute moving averages at and I also like to look for um, poten new potential 30 minute zones that form but um, say something you know say I have a demand zone drawn and something approaches that and enters demand I will almost exclusively be on the five minute um, and you know sometimes I'll drop it down to the three minute but very rarely um, so five is basically the lowest I go. I don't pay any attention to like the one minute. I, you know, um, I see Milo in chat. Milo's a genius when it comes <laughs> to trading on the one minute. I can't do it, but you know, some people can, some people can't. Um, so the, the lowest I'll go is basically the five minute. Um, and you know, that's completely different from like when I'm just analyzing a chart. If I'm analyzing a chart, I'm I'm flopping through the daily, the weekly, the four hour, the 30 minute, the 10 minute, the five minute. Um, you know, that's when I'm just kind of looking or, or trying to read a chart. Um, those are the time frames I'm looking at. The, the problem is, is if you're trying to watch the three minute, the five minute, the 10 minute, the 15, the 30, all at the same time, you're going to see stuff on all of those time frames that make you want to take the trade and make you want to not take the trade. Mm -hmm. And it's just, inf it's just complete information overload. Um, that's why higher time frames kind of reign supreme. So it say something is looks really good on the five minute um, to bounce, but you have the 30 minute 50 right above. What, what do you think is more likely to happen? The bounce on the five minute or the rejection on the 30 minute? I would take a pretty good guess that the rejection on the 30 minute is more likely to play out than something on a five minute. Um, so uh, you have to separate, um, you know, scalping or day trading timeframes from like when you're doing prep or when you're um, trying to analyze a chart. 
<clears throat> yeah, I agree. I mean, sometimes, dude, it's like you're getting uh, completely just mind fucked if you look at you know eight different charts and four of them are bullish, four of them are bearish. You know, you're not really sure what's going on. Um, a good rule of thumb when it comes to time frames is if you want more information, go to a lower time frame. If you want less information, go to a higher time frame. Uh, that's kind of how I do it for myself. I do use the one minute for something in, in particular that I'll talk about here in a few minutes. Um, but for the most part, I'm a five minute trader. This is the five minute chart that we have up here. Um, and that's what I primarily do all of my trading on. I think that there's enough time in between candle open and candle close to get candles like this, uh, where there's a wick on the bottom that I get to basically feel very comfortable going long on. Um, I feel like there's enough time, you know, that it's uh, to create wicks like this, to create full candle bodies like this, to create full candle bodies like this, but not too much time to where I'm missing stuff. That's kind of the the sweet spot for me because I'm trading potentially, you know, one to 15 minute trades. That's all I really take. Uh, one minute being the lowest, usually 15 being the highest that I stay in a trade. And so that's kind of for me, you know, the five minute lends itself well, but I use the other time frames for a lot of things. My main kind of uh, looks are if I'm on this five minute, I'll switch to the 10 minute just like I'm doing right now um, for potential longer, uh, you know, longer time frame setups that I'm missing. So essentially, you know, we saw this, uh, this tweezer bottom here, but then we saw this massive red candle here. Uh, I would have been looking at the five minute on this and potentially seen a bear flag here on the screen candle. But, uh, you know, then we could have seen on the 10 minute, it looks a little bit more like a tweezer bottom. That's the difference that I'm going to be looking for on these. Um, you know, I'm looking for spots like this where it's it's pretty uniform candles. But on the 10 minute, you know, it looks it looks a little bit different than on the five minute. I'm looking for things on the 10 minute, essentially like this double top here that I'm seeing that on the five minute. Let's go back to the five minute. Um, it's not quite as clear, you know, you can see it, but it's not quite as clear, you know, here there's all that funky chop zone here, um, but then you go to the 10 minute and it's a little more clear. You see these two candles uh, of uniform size, that sort of stuff. So I look at the 10 minute just to kind of clear things up a bit and then I move straight to the hourly. Uh, and I like the hourly because I like to see how candles close on the hourly in particular. Um, so you can see here this first hour of today uh, closed with a long lower wick. If I were to be short and see this hourly close, uh, if I were on the five minute, let's look at the five minute. So the first hour of the day um, puts you to about, so we go to right about here. This is the first hour of the day. Actually, no, it's up to here, I believe. Um, this is the first hour of the day. You were to see this. This would be the close. You'd see this drop down and then this. Not much of a sentiment on that. You go to the hourly, you see this massive, uh, you know, red wick candle here. You know, it's got a very, very long lower wick. It kind of gives you an idea that this might be the bulls stepping up. And then what do we see the next hourly candle? A massive move from the bulls. So for me, that's why I use the hourly quite a bit. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, at whatever time it is, 10 o'clock, I like to flip around, see how it closed. And then I would probably, if I was, you know, short, and saw that hourly candle, I'd exit. If I was long, I'd feel pretty good about it. Um, but there is a reason that I use the one minute. And, and the reason that I use the one minute is if I wanna see the exact volume inside of a five minute candle. So let's find one in particular to talk about. Um, let's go to the five minute here. Sorry guys. 
let's go to the five minute here. So at about 9.10 my time, which is 10.10 pretty much everyone else's time. Um, well, Eastern time, sorry. Not everyone else's, but um, so 9.10 my time. There's this wick with this, you know, this long wick on the bottom side. And if this were to close like this, I would want to see the volume. I would want to see, is this a low volume melt up? So are the, uh, you know, are the bulls pushing up without much volume? Or is it a high volume melt up? where they're, uh, you know, they're taking control. And if we go back, we can see, sorry, where is this at? Doo -doo 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 -doo. Here it is right here, um, 9, 10. So you can see it's, it's high volume push and then a pretty nice sustained medium volume push back up from the, the bulls. So that's why I would go to the one minute because then I would be able to see, okay, this is a decent looking push from the bulls here. I don't mind this. I like this. I'm thinking this could be a potential long opportunity when if I didn't see this volume profile down here, you know, on this bottom side, I'd be thinking, you know, ah, I don't really know how to feel about this. It's it's not really, you know, my style. But now that I see what I see um, with the, the decent volume from the green on those last few candles, then uh, I can like that. So that's what I use the one minute for. I know, I know Anthony, one of our good friends, Bad Anthony, uh, he's a big time one minute candle guy. He is uh, absolutely, you know, I talked about it today in the discord. I said something like, I don't like the one minute candle. And, um, you know, he was like, I'm leaving right now and fucking got up and left <laughs> and didn't come back all day. So he's a big one minute guy. But, uh, you know, I only use it for volume. Tony, any last uh, time frame words? Um, probably the only other thing is paying attention to the 9 20 and 30 minute ema crosses on you know from the five minute up um especially on the higher time frames the the moves that you get from these triple ema crosses um most of the time are pretty significant so especially if you're looking at something like the daily and you see a triple cross about to happen um you can kind of play around that and maybe take some longer dated contracts or maybe you know maybe swing some some options on spire um if you can you know catch those before they happen so um i i would definitely try to start paying attention to those um you know if you're not already yeah um we have a few stocks in particular to talk about uh do you want to start or do you want me to start with our our couple stocks that we like the charts on um i can start all right, you go ahead and I'll pull um, up the charts. The first one is, believe it or not, Netflix. Um, I really do like the weekly on Netflix. Again, this is pretty dependent on how we close the week. Um, we do have a zone that was formed um, back on the 12th of December. I'm a supply zone. Um, and then our weekly... 200 is sitting all the way up at like 367 um but i really do like the curl here on the weekly on netflix you know this is something that was extremely beaten down um you know from april until you know the middle of the summer um and has since kind of picked up some momentum um, so this is something I really do like, um, again, depending on, um, how the, uh, this weekly closes. And then, um, 
the other one is the one I mentioned last week. I still really do like the Ford setup. Um, I really like the move out of demand, and I know I mentioned this last week, but I want to mention it again. The moves we've seen from this demand zone the last two, three times we've interacted with this zone have been extremely nice. Completely dependent on what Spy does, but if we, like Teddy and I said, we are seeing some, you know, momentum pick up on Spy, this is one of the first things that'll go. Um, so I would pay attention to Ford, especially if you like to play options, but are looking for some, some cheaper premiums, or maybe you're looking for some Ford long-term. Um, but again, it's dependent on Spy. Um, I know I mentioned Ford last week, but the setup has played out so far. Mm -hmm. um, and I would check back in um, after close on Friday to see where this weekly does close. Um, so those are kind of my two picks. Uh, Teddy, anything new? Yeah, uh, I got two of them. One of them is, is going to be just... Um kind of a company that i don't love but this chart i feel like aht <laughs> aht if i ever talk about aht i give everyone in this permission to uh chop my ball sack off and eat it as a fucking meal i would leave i talked about aht goodness, you <laughs> tony would just be gone i was one of the biggest aht haters of all time back in the day when that was super popular um but i have this chart here it's uh it's hive and I'm pretty sure didn't you used to play Hive, if yeah, I remember I right. Hive. I swung Hive for a while. Back in the day where uh, where swings were the popular thing to be be on, but um, this thing is terrible as a as a company. I mean, they bleed uh, 170 million dollars every year um, with sales of 270. So don't think that this is by any means. Um, anything long term anything more than weeks uh, or days but this chart here is kind of speaking to me as a uh, potential you know um, bounce spot here this is the first candle close above the 20 ma uh, since august um, and we've been in a downtrend since august and it's gotten rejected at the 20 ma one two three four five times and today we closed a high volume candle above that uh, that 20 MA, which is pretty massive. Um, so keep this on your watch list as a possible swing opportunity. Looking towards, you know, if they get a high volume push, maybe you're going to ride some momentum here. Uh, maybe it gets another nice green candle and then you get a, a retest of that 20. So keep it on your watch list for that. Don't keep it on your watch list for something to actually have on your watch list longer term. Um, just, just for fun, you know, just to have a little small cap possible. Uh, I did want to mention really quickly, this is not one of my, my, uh, my two because I'm going to do three today, but this is not one of the two. This is just GHSI chart. Um, and you guys can see why I like it, this demand zone here. I'm actually in the swing right now. I really, really like how this thing is, has, has acted out of this 14, you know, cent demand zone. It looks really good. Yeah, um, but my other one that I really, really like is going to be a short opportunity, and that's Costco. I really think that um, for right now, I think this is probably one of the safer short bets on the market if I go to the weekly. I don't like to you know, promote a lot of short stuff. Some people don't like that. Um, I don't like to talk you know, about shorting common stock, but I'm thinking about shorting common stock on Costco here. 
you can take the put approach. Puts are uh, pretty much the same thing. They just add, you know, some time, a little bit more of a, of a, of a tough dimension into it. But this is the first time we've seen the 20 cross below the 50 MA um, since 2017. Um, and this is a pennant forming on the weekly and it just broke to the downside and we've seen three weekly candles close below the pennant. So it's well confirmed below this pennant. Um, it's also just, you could even take this top one out and call it just an uptrend break, uh, if you wanted to, but the top side definitely has a, has a little bit of a, of a line itself. So it makes it a bit of a pennant. Uh, but the big thing for me here, guys, is going to be this, this volume gap below, um, below about 450, this thing has room all the way to 390 at the minimum. Like that is, uh, you know, 15% upside on a large cap for a short opportunity on commons. Uh, if you were to ride that out on options, I don't even know how much you'd make. Probably 500%, maybe even 1,000% on something like that, um, depending on how fast it happened. But that also correlates with the 200 MA is down here at the 390 area. So, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty easy spot to keep yourself um, ready to sell if this were to, you know, come down to that zone like I think. But I think this is a potential um, absolute slam dunk of a short opportunity considering the, the, the volume gap here, the pennant break, the uptrend break, uh, the 20 crossing below the 50, and then the 200 as far away as it is. I just, I don't see how this doesn't see that area in my opinion. I like both of those shirts. Awesome. A lot. That's what I like to hear. So we're in we're in agreement on uh, on all of them. I like your charts too. Um, any charts that you uh, you want to talk about before we move on to the the tier list for the for the episode? Uh, no, probably the the other one to just keep on watch is that I I have been watching is you know. If we are going to make new lows, watch something like Amazon. Um, I just think it's kind of a no-brainer investment. This is strictly my opinion. I, you know, everything I say on here is my opinion. Um, but I really, really do love Amazon. And I would love it if Amazon continued to fall. Um, to add that in increments, but that's something I've been watching every day, so... Yeah, I agree. Uh, this week I made a, a video about investing in Amazon, um, and I really like it long term. I gave my four kind of investment um, zones on there. One of them yeah. was $82. I believe one of them was 75 One of them was uh, maybe it was like 64 and then one of them was like 53-ish, and that was the we lowest. $53. I'll be loading the fucking boat. I'll sell the dogs. I'll be like that guy in the Bible with two fucking animals on every on the boat, but I'll have just Amazon oh, stock. Yeah, dude, I'll be Noah with just my Amazon. That'll be my entire investment portfolio. Said Z. 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 Yeah, he can go. Drink a juice force. I'll beat his ass 1v1 in league later. I'll fucking put him on a pedestal, dude. He'll be on the Jumbotron on... Sports Center top ten fails. I think he's talking about Zillow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I dude, I don't know. I was just expecting some flack out of him. Oh, uh, that's funny. I'll tower dive him. 
I hope he's listening to that. I hope he is too. I'll be uh, Olaf and I'll tower dive him and put my axe Zillow up does, his bum. Zillow does look good. Let me check actually. this All I know is my wife is on Zillow every day of her entire life. So they're doing something right. This does look good. I am. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's what I figured. <laughs> I thought he was saying zzz, like he was like being like you're boring. I was gonna. <sighs> Sorry for the harsh words, Anthony. But yeah, this looks good. This has a potential uh, inverse head and shoulders setting up here. There's a ton of room on that to the 200s. Yeah, bro. Look at that. Uh, if it gets above that 200, look at that like candle that we got on that weekly. It would just run through that from about 65 to 84, something like that. Yeah. It's got to do that first, though, which it's at 35 bucks, so it'd have to double from here. Um, not sure how likely that is, but if it were to get up there, I mean, that would be pretty, pretty big. Look at that. Yeah, no, I like this, Anthony. Um, Milo says Carvana. Let's talk about that. Carvana. Holy moly, this thing. It's curling, though. Like, I see the curl that you're talking about here. Um, five dollars a share on Carvana. The only thing I'd be worried about, well, I mean, I don't even know if you really got to be worried about this. Um, if it, I mean, that's that's still tons of upside, but I could see it coming up and retesting that previous all-time low somewhere around nine bucks and uh, getting a pretty heavy rejection there. So if you see that happen, then I'd get out as soon as possible. But uh, right now, this looks pretty good. Especially on that weekly, almost like a tweezer bottom on that weekly. Do you like it, Tony? Yeah. Yeah, it does look good, and I think that Zillow chart looks good, too. Yeah, Milo says that there's a very high short percentage on uh, on Carvana as well. That's pretty big. I think it's time for the beer tier. The beer tier. I'm dragging her over. All right, I the like beer that. tier, baby. I like that name. I think we should coin that. The beer, beer tier. tier. All right, do you have your beer ready to drink while we're making the beer tier? Oh, I've been drinking it. I'm dude. I'm kind of feeling this one. This one is nine percent alcohol. Yeah, I'm this feeling the. Is... I wish I would not have started it so soon. Seven percent strawberry, banana, and pineapple. That sounds banging. This is yeah. This half was right. I can't wait to tell him he was right. <laughs> dude, he was pretty passionate about him. He pulled out the mm -hmm. pictures real quick. He yeah. said, "Oh, you're interested in these? Well, let's see these pictures." And he had them. Some of some of these I'm gonna know nothing about. I'm gonna know probably like half of them. Um, we're doing it in the same fashion we did it last week, where we uh, we start with the first one, and then we move into each of them as we go. Like I'm not gonna know this second one, arrogant bastard. I hope you know that one, Tony. Um, Angry Orchard. Go. Uh, Angry Orchard, Jesus. Um, I feel like it's not horrible, but I wouldn't drink a fuck. I like six of them. Yeah, I mean, I can drink like, this is actually the first alcohol I puked on. When I was like 16, I got them in my parents' basement and, um, I puked up like apple smelling. They're puke, really good obviously. when they're really, when they're like very cold. Yeah, like apple cider sort of shit. I'm a big fan yeah. of it when it's like that. I, I think it's got to be between C and D, I feel like. Maybe C. Probably. 
probably C. I think I, I think I, I agree with C. C can probably be um, pretty fair here. Arrogant bastard ale. No clue. I have never had. All right. I this might be like a half logo, super dry, and then it says something no here, but I've never heard that. Blast point. No idea. No idea either. Bex. That's pretty popular. Uh, I've never had it. I know what it is, so. Um, I've never had it either, but I've heard of it. Blue Moon. I like Blue Moon. Honestly. I like Blue Moon as well. I think that's a pretty fucking... Because these are... I... None of these are, like, uh, going to be, like, crazy good beers. They're going to be, like, just, like, the normal ones that you can find I'd at I'd say that's, store. like, solid beer A. I'm thinking we sh- we throw her an A. I actually really... If I go to a place and, like, they don't have any craft beer or anything, Blue Moon is what I order every time. Yeah, I'm cool with it. All right. Is that a Limerita? Yeah, Limerita. That better go in F. It's. I was saying D or F for sure. I was hoping you weren't going to like it. Those are disgusting, no. Bud Light Lime? I like Bud Light Lime. I think it's. I think it might be Angry Orchard. It might beat it? No, it might be in the same area. Oh, yeah. Do you think yeah, it's better? Do you think it might be above that? Or I, would, think... I would drink that over an Angry Orchard, but I don't know if it's deserving of a B. That Bud Light Orange, though, that I see, that better be in B or A. Cause really? Orange, you Bud like Light Bud Light Orange? Is, yeah. I honestly have never had it, so you're going to get your full it's opinion really on good. That. I've also I also like Bud Light. Okay, so B or A, you say? Is it better or worse than Blue Moon? Uh, Blue Moon's better, but okay. I'd say... Bud Light, Bud Light original. I don't know. Ever since I drank, like, 17 Bud Lights on 4th of July, they haven't been the same. <laughs> They... <laughs> you had a, a a primitive experience with Bud Light. Yeah, I don't. I I, I mean, think I it like could be a, a C. Yeah, it's like middle of the pack. All right, Budweiser original. Uh, I don't prefer. I've had them, but I think um, I would put it in C. But for the fact that it was Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite beer, I think it has to go to D. If a serial killer loves you that much, then I think you have to get pushed down to D. That's reasonable. Like, I just think it's fair enough. Bushlight F. No fucking doubt. Whoa. Oh, no fucking doubt. We can argue. We can argue. Dustin was still in here. We can argue. It's so affordable. It's almost cheaper than water. It is water. That's the whole point. It is water. Yeah. Where would you put it? With Bud Light? It can't be F. D? I think Think it belongs D. Okay, we but can make revisions spe- at the end. That's bush lights. There's a special place for bush light in Pennsylvania. So. In Iowa as well. People wear uh, bush latte hats everywhere. Mm-hmm. Cass, fresh, ever had that? No idea. Colt 45, ever had that? Jesus, that better be F. F, I've never had it. Colt 45. Have you, did you, uh, I guess that must be like the, the high school drinking beer. Just sounds it's like just, it. It's just disgusting. Coors Banquet, how do you feel about that one? I like Coors Banquet a lot. I think it might be B tier. I think it might I be. I think it'd be A or B. I'm dude, if you're I was I was scared to say A. I was scared I'd get judged. I love I actually have one right there and I'm gonna put the camera on it. Everyone no, like there's Banquet. my Coors Banquet right there. I'm a big fan of Coors Banquet. That's probably my go to uh like if I need to just get a normal beer. Coors Light. Maybe with, middle of the pack. maybe with Bud Light, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA. 
That's a pretty good beer. That's a pretty good beer. That would I would put that. I think that might have to go in C. We're getting kind of C heavy. We might have to split these up. Dogfish Head 90 minute IPA. I I think that might be S. Like that might be that. that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love Dogfish Head. Dosekis. Um. I'm indifferent on it. Middle, middle of the pack. Then if this is, then Deschutes has to go up. I feel like it has to go up. Dragon's milk. No idea. Ever fucking heard of that? Um, New Belgium citradelic. Let's just. Is there any other New Belgiums in here? There is not. Let's just call this. No, we can't do that. All right, New Belgium citradelic. Have you had that? Neither have I. I was going to say we could just make it all of New Belgium's IPAs, but that would be a little OP. Fat Tire. Like Fat Tire. That's a good beer. Maybe A? Yeah. All right. Foster's. How do we feel about that? Never had it. Same. Founder's All Day IPA is pretty fucking good. I'd say probably A. A. I think I probably agree there. Goose Island. I like like Goose Island a lot. That's um, that's close to S two for me. I don't know. What do you think? We can put in A for now and adjust it at the end. Yeah. All right. I'm done for that. Guinness. How do you feel about Guinness? No. I hate Guinness. That's people love Guinness. I hate Guinness. Oh. I hate it. I would probably put it in D. I'd say it's better than a Bud Light Limerita, <laughs> but it's pretty bad. Like I'm not a Guinness guy. <laughs> Bud Light Limerita. What do you think? My God, yeah, it better be better than a Bud Light Lime Arita. You think D or you thinking higher? Mm-mm. D. All right. Yeah. Gumball Head. Never I've never it. heard of that. Nope. All right. This next one, I have maybe the strongest opinion of all time on Heineken. I think deserves the absolute death penalty. Whoever created that recipe. It smells like I'm kissing a Russian man's fucking, like, cigarette butt that he spit on the ground and then stomped with his shoe and then blew more smoke into my face while I'm eating it and then also poured, like, the worst beer that's (laughs) eight months old on top of it and made me lick it. Like, it is just a skunk puts a fucking cigarette up its butt. I'll let you put it in F. Sucks the sucks the smoke from the cigarette up and then literally puffs the skunk butt cigarette smoke into my mouth is what it tastes Must like. And I have one. I have one in my fridge right now, and I just. You must have a bad experience with Hunter. terrible, terrible. Henry's hard soda. Yeah, they're okay. I don't really like them. They're like literally so sweet. Yeah, they're like twisted teas, too sweet. Maybe F. I uh, I don't know. They don't they don't yeah, deserve F because right. they're like yeah they're not bad. They're just not my my cup of tea. Like a girly drink. Height extra cold. No clue. Keystone, Keystone light. light. That's an A. <laughs> You're for real. <laughs> no. I was gonna say, bro. What? That's the, fuck? the same thing as Bush Light. It's just a different name. That okay. Then we can. I I'm happy with that. King Cobra never had it no fucking idea what that is kingfisher no clue never heard of that one kirin chaban don't even know what you said <laughs> labat blue yeah i like labat you do all right where's yeah. this one going probably like uh c c all right yeah i like labat lagunitas ipa 
Never had it. Um, I think it's probably safe to put in with Deschutes. It's definitely better than average. It's not like Dogfish Head or yeah. Founders, but it's pretty good. Lining Lugles. Lining Kugels? Lining Kugels. Hey, I love Lining Kugels. Dude, that one might get moved to S after this. Lining Kugels? I'm a big Lining Kugels guy. I love those. I get pretty much every single thing they put out. Um, yeah. Nickelodeon. That's an A. A tier? That's an A. Yeah. I can vibe with A tier. Just because I drink it when I'm golfing. It is a good golf beer. It feels classy. It feels like yeah, a classy even it, beer. Even though it's not at all. It's yeah, just... no, but it does feel classy. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Disgusting. I think that one probably F, I'd say. Miller High Life. Good. I like yeah. Miller High Life. B, maybe? I think B is probably yeah. pretty pretty safe for that. Miller Light. I think that one's got to be got to be in with the bush lights and the keystones. Yeah. Milwaukee's best ice. <laughs> That's an F, bro. Just for that, that name, bro. Have you ever had that? No, it's bro. It's awful. Milwaukee's best ice. It's horrible. Yo, what? Modelo Chalada. I like, like Modelo. You like the Chalada? Never had that. I've never had the Chalada either. I feel like where's just normal Modelo. I don't know. The next one? Modelo Negra, though, is like either A or S for me personally. Have you ever had that? It's the dark one? No. No. Mm, We can't put it in S then. It can stay in B, but everyone know that I would have put it in S or A. We can't put it in S if we don't agree for sure. Natural Ice. What are these ice? Natty, natty Ice. Yeah, natty dude. Ice, bro. Where That's are we feeling? S. That's S, dude. We're, all right. <laughs> I don't think it actually is S. What are we thinking? Where are we... It's a, that's an F. An F? You're feeling Natty Ice. Those are like thirty. <laughs> those are like thirty cents, bro. <laughs> you can buy one with a penny in the middle of your fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> natty Ice are even cheaper. <laughs> They, they actually pay you to. to, to... <laughs> you you make a living wage from drinking, drinking natty lights, bro. All right, natter you recycle. <laughs> you, you could recycle recycle the can for more. <laughs> for more than it's they're, fucking worth. Yeah, they're, they're disgusting. Oh. <laughs> natter days. What are That's we thinking? F. F, F, I would put F, them in D, F, F. but I can respect F. They're not very good. Every, all the natties are in F. <laughs> you can recycle them for more than they're worth. Okay. Um, New Glarus Spotted Cow is S tier. No fucking doubt. You've never had that because never it's only it. in Wisconsin. But no doubt S tier. Like, it just belongs there. It lives there. I believe you. It just has to be there. All right, Newcastle Brown Ale. Never had it. Yeah, same. Old English. Never had it. All right, here's the PBR. one. Tony's a PBR uh, fan. Hell yeah. Where are we putting it? That's an A. An A tier? All right. Ow. Pacifico has got to be it. with Modelo. 
It's got to be with Nardello. Pacifico's pretty damn good. Red Stripe, ever had that? Nope. It's a Jamaican beer. I'd say probably B tier. It tastes like uh, like corn chips. Mm. Red's Apple Ale. No. It's got to stay with wherever the other Apple one is, but lower. Angry Orchards and see, I'd say D probably. Yeah. Rolling Rock, ever had that I one? I like Rolling Rock, yeah, I like Rolling Rock. I've never probably, had it. Probably B. B? All right. Samuel Adams Boston Lager. That's like a that. good beer. I think that might be an A. I think that's an A tier. Yeah, I'm a big fan. San Miguel. No clue. Sapporo. It's that rice beer. I never had it. I don't think I've had it. I have had it once, but I don't remember enough, so I'm going to put it in there. Shock Top is fucking terrible. Yeah, I've had it. Not a fan. Oh, the automatic S, baby. Smirnoff Ice, bro. <laughs> Smirnoff yeah, the high, Ice. The highest of quality. <laughs> Is there an S plus that Smirnoff can go in, bro? <laughs> I feel like it's got to be in D or F. It might not Probably belong D. in D, but it definitely is bad. Stella. Eh, don't care for it. Uh, It can't be an it F. It tastes like cat D. piss. Yeah, it's definitely D, I, I'd say. Sing, Sing Tao. No idea. Oh, white claws are absolutely rancid. Yan Jing. No clue. Yeah, she goes down. Yingling. 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 I'm a fan of Yingling. I like Yingling. I have no idea what this even is. Do you know what that is? No idea. That looks oh. like a condom wrapper. <laughs> it does, bro. The fucking the line in the middle of it. They always try to dress up condoms. I don't know why they do yeah. that. Like, I was at uh, a college party when I was at one time, and there was, like, a thing of condoms on the thing, and they were actually, one of them had glitter on it. Oh, yeah, they're, like, super fancy. Dude, why? What's the whole point of that? Tecate. Uh, never had it. This is literally Natty Ice, but Hispanic. Mm. And so it's going to get D, because it's we not We might have to bad. move Goose up to S. I I think I agree. I'm happy you said that. I think Lion Kugels might as well. Yeah, I like Lion Kugels. You can move that up. Okay. All right. So, do we have any other last minute changes? No. As long as all the natties are in fucking F, then we're good. We're feeling good about it. Yeah. Natties, natties, Just natties. Should they go at? The, I feel like we have to put them at the end. They have to be at the end because they're the worst. I just can't believe that there's an actual beer called Milwaukee's Best Ice. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like it's like um, Smirnoff. Yeah, dude, Milwaukee, but it's a beer. Milwaukee's best ice. It's awful. All right, let's just run through this one little quick time so I can make sure we got everything right. All right, I feel pretty good about S. I feel pretty good about A as well. Nothing I would really change. I would put PBR and B, but you like PBR, so it goes. It stays in A. Bud Light can go up to B. Bud Light can. Where's yeah. Bud Light? Can go up to B. I can vibe with that. I feel like uh, I feel like we need to promote a D. Mm, probably the Bush Bud, Lattes. I'd say Budweiser, not the Bush Lattes. <laughs> I'd say Budweiser probably. Yeah, it's Budweiser. better than Bush. I'd say. Yeah. Limerita. That's bro. not really hard to do, but. Yeah. I mean, I could probably make a better beer with a fucking loaf of bread and some water tomorrow. For being some honest. Barley. Than Bush Light. Colt 45 and two zigzags. Baby, that's all we need. Heineken, dude. I 
people, I'm going to get flack for that one. People really like Heineken. Yeah. I just, that was my one deal breaker. No changes. All right. I'm happy with the list. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Let's screenshot it here so that we got it. Make sure we keep everyone uh, on their toes about it. Yeah, but um, thank you guys for, for tuning into this. Uh, I had a good time. I'm sure Tony did too. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Um, you know, set an alarm, that sort of shit. But, new tier uh, list. Yeah, new tier list. We'll be taking recommendations as well. So whatever you what guys want to see. What should we do see. next week? I don't know, man. Halloween should we look candy? at some tier lists? They got a whole bunch of them here. Let's see what categories they got. Dude, candy is pretty good. Let's let's search candy. Ooh, yeah, they got a whole lot of candy ones. Candy tier list. They got all these candies on there. Create your own Halloween candy bowl. This one might be the one Ooh, we have to do. I like That's that a one. pretty good the Halloween candy. I'll start that one up with uh, that one, and then we'll we'll get into this later <laughs> next week. Yeah, thank God somebody else puts likes candy corn. I think we're about to get ran off the screen after that one. So I think candy corn, and you can also put uh, juju bees. <laughs> the juju bees, bro. I don't even know if I've ever had you ever those. Had those? Oh, I don't bro. think so, dude. A they juju literally bee. come. They literally come as hard as a rock. <laughs> like a fucking they're, they're gummy jawbreaker. Yeah, dude, they're the worst thing ever. I uh yeah, I'm a big candy corn fan, but I hate the pumpkins. The pumpkins are too much. They it's like too sweet. cause my mouth to hurt. Um it's but yeah. We'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, Thanks everybody. We appreciate you.